1: All right. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payment Daniel And thank you so much for listening to us. Hopefully we are educating you and kind of breaking things down
0: to make it easier, uh, tell you what works and what doesn't. Yes, we are excited to talk again today about one of these procedures that's become very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, an easy way to make your face look more chiseled. Um, and we're going to kind of talk to you about all the ins and outs because this is this is something that we do. Um, and we'll tell you the truth behind it and what you can expect. Definitely. If there was any other
1: procedure like this one that could either make you look really good or really old, uh, this would be one. And so this is where... We're, i'm gonna i'm gonna push this that a board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon uh is going to be your best bet because they will uh at least tell you what should and should not
0: be done so and the interesting part about this is it's not a very difficult technical procedure mm-hmm. so a lot of people. And I'm going to talk to you guys about this because there's a lot of general surgeons and we're both general surgeons that now are cosmetic surgeons that do this or dentists that know the anatomy and other people like this. Yeah, it's easy. It's an easy operation. It's just, can you do it properly? And we're going to talk about this because it's important. um, There's very slight nuances on what you can do to make someone look really good or like Dr. Lakey just said, you can make someone look much older. And this is not something you want to do with this procedure because this is a procedure that can be done for people that are younger and people that are a bit older to achieve what you're looking for. So what are we talking about today?
1: So we are talking about buccal lipectomy. And uh, what is that exactly? I'll, I'll just tell you, you, you look in the news, you look on Instagram and you see these models that have ultra high cheekbones and a very gaunt appearance just before that and a jawline that you could cut a turkey with. And uh, the idea is, were they born that way or is this enhancement? And there's multiple ways to accentuate the cheekbone and the jawline, but the idea for us is that a well-balanced face and more of a heart shaped in a female tends to be aesthetically pleasing. And so what does that entail?
0: You know, so, so what it entails is you have higher cheekbones, more sculpted jawline, and obviously your, the area of your cheeks are not as full. So, when you know people say they have chubby cheeks or they have puffy cheeks or you look like a chipmunk or any of those types of phrases that describe someone, this is the procedure to kind of help that. So, when someone comes into the office and says, I really hate the way I'm so puffy in my cheek area, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're 25 or you're 55, sometimes this can't be fixed without this procedure. Mm-hmm. And I said earlier, I was alluding to the fact that, you know, this is one of the procedures
1: that can make you look amazing, but also so, in the wrong patient, can make you look older, and the reason for that, the buccal fat pad, which really, uh, you know, if we look at the anatomy, it's directly next to the buccinator muscle. We've got uh, the masseter muscles, the mandibular ramus, and we have the lateral pterygoid muscles. Uh, just to be technical, but. The idea is there's a little window, and so imagine that look that Zoolander popularized, where you kind of suck in the cheeks a little bit, and you give that gaunt uh, model-esque look. Everybody's doing it right now. You mean I love line? it. <laughs> a very popular one. So I take that's ex- every picture. That's exactly how for people with fuller faces, um, you know, that's a way to to achieve this on a permanent basis. So now in the. Thin individual that you do this same technique to, you will actually make them look older because fat in the face is actually something that makes the face look youthful. And that's why so many
0: people get fillers. Mm-hmm. That's why fillers are used so often because we fill the face to make it look more youthful. Keep going. So, yeah,
1: uh, listen, I, you know, I would say as we age, you draw a line right out at the neck and above below one of those is gonna suffer as you age. And so if you're in great shape, the face usually suffers because you lose that fat, and so that's where you can add volume. I like that. Uh, but if you're heavier set, uh, the face always looks more youthful because you have that volume. Now, obviously, you'd probably rather go with the former because we can add volume, and it's healthier for your system. But um, when we talk about the buccal buccalipectomy, who is the perfect candidate? Um, Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> and you, no. you know, and, and we jest, but it's honestly for people who really have that full chubby in quotation cheek, um, that really has the appropriate amount of volume, you know, whether it doesn't matter the age, obviously under 18, this is not going to be an option for you, but you know, once you're an adult, it, usually we try to hold off for a little while longer because, um, the idea is the face is still changing, and uh, you know you can all look back in your teen years and see that fuller, chubbier face. Um, you know that's very rounded and youthful. You can even see that in little kids; it's the chubby cheeks that you just want to squeeze. And that the you know of all the different fat pockets in the face, some of them atrophy at different rates. And it's
0: interesting. We did a case yesterday on a woman that. She said, "Can you?" We are doing a bunch of lip suction on her, and she said, "Can you put some of that fat in my face?" I said, "Well, actually, with you, we should take some of the fat out because she had a very round face with very full cheeks, and it just makes you think." And, and, and she was in her fifties. We did another case on a young lady. We did a. Uh, she must have been twenty-five but her face was very round and she wanted to have higher cheekbones. Mm -hmm. And instead of always just adding volume, sometimes doing this makes that cheek just pull in just enough where it makes the cheekbones pop a little more. Sure. So, you know, even in the, this is
1: definitely, I would say the majority of the age group for uh, what people undergo this procedure is probably, you know, more like 30 plus. Um, You know, we can even do it during facelifts and things like that for older individuals that have a full face that you just want to give them a a more chiseled look. Um, You know, for the younger individual, it has to be genetic, because otherwise removing that fat can be detrimental once you do get older. Remember, all the face and the fat atrophies, we lose bone, so there's bone resorption. And that's what makes us look older. So the idea is, you know, the eye sockets get bigger, uh, which is why we develop tear troughs. Uh, We lose bone around the nose. And that's why, uh, you know, the nose tends to droop a little bit and we grab, we develop laugh lines. We lose bone that's by the mandible. And that's why we develop the marionette lines and jowls. And so the idea is we want to preserve as much of the facial fat as we can now in certain individuals, again, genetics, as someone who's got a, a relatively large buckle area, then this is the perfect procedure.
0: We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's Plastic Stocks, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. Now, in this practice, Dr. Lakey does probably 90 plus percent of all the facial procedures. Every now and then I step in and do some stuff, but he does most of it. So I'm going to kind of ask him and go through how this works. How easy of a procedure this is, what you can expect for your recovery, how long it takes, what type of anesthesia it requires, and what are possible complications. And I'm going to just kind of, as a, as a patient, I'm going to be your patient and then come see you as, for a consultation. Um, I know you're going to tell me I need buckle fat. Buckle. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it can is this procedure a standalone procedure? Do you do this by itself? Do you put people to sleep all the time? Can it be done under mm-hmm. local anesthesia? Mm-hmm. And and again, I'm just going to ask, ask a couple questions and let you take it from there. And what's the recovery like? And when do you see the results? Do you see them immediately? Mm-hmm. Okay, so
1: a lot of questions right off the bat. But, we'll, we'll go. So, you know, the the procedure itself, uh, is a very simple one. Can it be standalone? Definitely. Um, do I usually do it in conjunction with something else? Yeah, sometimes we'll do a little skin tightening along the jawline, depending on the age group, or I'll add some uh, fat uh, or filler up in the the uh, cheek area, um, but it can be a standalone.
0: And, and the reason it, I asked him that is because The reason I ask you this is because most of the time people come and get a buckle fat removal, they do a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's nice to go to someone that can do all of these things so they can properly assess your face or body Mm -hmm. and say, hey, at the same time, this this 35, 40-minute procedure will be in conjunction with other things. Sure, and if you
1: look at, you know, Chrissy Teigen's face; she underwent a buckle lipectomy um, and admi- admitted to it. I think uh, Bella Hadid has had some something similar. When we look at certain celebrities in the the news, you can see put a pre and a post uh, be, you know next to each other. And it really becomes evident, um, you know, and, and whether or not some of it's due to age, um, you know, you, really there is a very distinct look. Again, it's that model-esque look. everybody sucking their cheeks a little bit, give that Zoolander, and that's what it would look like. Um, if you start looking a little too gaunt, then obviously that procedure is not for you. So um, as far as how, you know, can we do this under local anesthesia? Definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I, we we do uh, the procedure generally with a little bit of sedation just because it's more comfortable and I'm usually doing other procedures with it. But if this was a standalone, honestly, you could just inject just like the dentist does. Everything goes numb and you don't feel it. The entire procedure, uh, so, you know, where the incisions are made, it's really Back in the what we call the buccal sulcus, which is between the natural bite line. If you open your mouth, look inside, you can see where your teeth come together. And then there's a very important duct there called Stenson's duct. That's where the parotid gland releases saliva. And so, obviously, we don't want to nick that, or uh, you know, block that, or any any you know injure that at all. So the incision is very small. Sometimes I'll make a one centimeter incision, and uh, if you're in the right plane, that little fat, which is usually about a quarter size, there's really uh, two different lobes, and one you know we it wraps around uh, you know some important structures. Uh, you know, as far as nerves and vasculature, uh, and so really, we take the larger lobe of that paro- of that uh, uh, buckle fat pad, and we elevate it through that one centimeter incision. We kind of cauterize the end of it, and then kind of sew the area up with some dissolvable stitches, usually. As far as the recovery, um, you know, the, the procedure itself probably takes, if you do it correctly, it'll take 15 minutes, 30 minutes max. Um, and so, you know, afterwards we give people a, a prescription for a special antibacterial um, mouthwash. And if they require pain medicine, we give it to them. But usually people just take extra strength, Tylenol. It's kind of like the feeling has been uh, likened to when you bite the side of your your mouth and you feel it ache for a little bit, that's kind of what you feel for the first couple days. Um, do you see the results right away? It depends. Some people have a larger uh, buccal fat pad. And so once that's removed, you can see it. But usually swelling ensues immediately after the procedure. So when you come out of surgery, it doesn't look like anything was done. And then, over the course of three to six weeks, you see the reduction of that swelling, and uh, it's just a very gradual change. Almost like, you know, people who contour, it's a permanent contour. And so now you no longer have to do that type of makeup. Um, it's definitely more common in females than it is for males, but it's not unheard of to do it in males because a lot of males look for that again that chiseled look to the cheekbone and jaw. And so, as far as um, you know, the the full recovery, it's probably a couple of days where your mouth's a little sore. After that, you know, you go right back to eating normally. Uh, The final results, usually around six to eight weeks. And that's where you can really see the the, uh, elimination of swelling. Does it last forever? It does. And so you have to imagine now whatever fat is left, usually that uh, inferior lobe, which uh, is a smaller amount, we we preserve that because, um, you know, obviously, again, I go back to the point of you want to preserve as much facial fat as you can as you age because it will atrophy. And so uh, as the fat reduces with age, can this become more prominent? Yes, it can. Now, usually in the appropriate selected individual, that doesn't matter. I mean, it only looks better as you age. Uh, for someone who was not a great candidate or probably was done preemptively, um, you're going to end up looking older. Now, uh, as far as potential complications, obviously, as I mentioned, we've got the buccal nerve, uh, and we have artery and vein in the area. Um, the, we could, you could damage uh, either of those if you're not in the right plane. I talked about Stenson's duct, so you could block the salivary gland, and that's never a good thing. And so, your surgeon has to be prepared. To deal with a potential complication, obviously to avoid in the first place, and know what you're avoiding, and the second is you have to
0: be able to manage it if you do run into a complication. Um, instead, so, instead of making this incision inside the mouth, mm-hmm. can you just do liposuction of the area?
1: Well, uh, listen, I just don't think that's a great idea. Man, you you know, uh, all kinds of things are done. Trust me, there are guys out (laughs) there that will do amazingly uh, brutal things to the face. Um, But usually, you have to imagine, you have multiple facial nerves that... Uh, allow you to make expressions. You've got multiple blood vessels that are in there. You've got uh, certain. You've got multiple nerves that will lead to sensation of the face. Uh, the last thing you need is for someone to damage those because you can't really see through the skin. Now, is. Intraorally or through the mouth, the only way of accessing this? No. Uh, the other way to access is usually only when I'm doing a facelift and uh, I can see the buccal fat pad because I do a deep plane facelift. And so uh, the idea is I can see that bulge and in the appropriately selected patient, I will remove uh, that buccal fat pad or at least a portion of it.
0: Now, going back to, to what I brought up earlier, you know, getting procedures like this that are really simple. Okay, and I, and I mean this. I mean, as a surgeon, we do a lot of very complicated things, and there's some simple procedures. This is a simple one mm-hmm. for a trained professional that does facelift surgery that sees the nerves that go through these areas and understands that as simple as it may seem to Dr. Lakey, it can become very, very complicated. Now there are complications like hematomas, like you know when you when you get into Stenson's duct, um, things that happen when the person who's doing this procedure doesn't do it all the time. And again, you know, we keep talking about this through every single podcast that we do is please, when you go and and get assessed, just because your friend had a buccal lipectomy, Doesn't mean it's the right procedure for you. That's the first thing. And just because one person says and has a a billboard outside that says that they do buckle lipectomy, it doesn't mean that they have the right qualification. So it is very important to go and see somebody that sits there with you and talks to you about why they want to do it and what the procedure you can what you can expect the procedure to do. Because again, remember, anytime you are doing surgery, there are Possible consequences, risks and benefits that we always do discuss with everyone. And the other thing I really do want to stress, and because I've done a couple of these here and there when, when Dr. Lakey hasn't been around, it, you don't see the results right away. So when you come back that first week and you look in the mirror, and you're like, "Well, why are my cheeks puffier?" Well, they're gonna be because you have some swelling. Mm-hmm. There's swelling with surgery. Mm-hmm. There's 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 gonna be that that extra bit of fullness there for maybe even a couple of weeks, and then you'll see that that gradual change will happen, as, as as John just talked about, really brings it in, and it looks really nice. If it looks too dramatic, then there's a little bit of a problem. And that's the key is to knowing how much fat to take out. I kind of, uh, uh, I will equate this or, or, or kind of compare this to doing a lower bleph where you take mm-hmm. fat out of someone's under eye um, pockets. And if you take too much out, you make them look significantly older. They look like they're gaunt. Definitely, The key is if, if you were going to take home a couple messages from this, very important, fat that's in our face is necessary. Mm-hmm. We cannot take all of it out. Don't think you're going to look like Dr. Lakey because he's got a <laughs> chiseled face by taking all of your fat out. Because if you do that, it may look good for a couple of years, but as you age, that some of that fat does go away. So when fat is being removed out of the face, not the body, um, we're going to just talk about the face, it has to be done in a very, very... Um, safe manner, and it has to be done in a very kind of, you know, appropriate controlled manner. Controlled manner. You don't want to take too much out.
1: This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. You know, the interesting part is is that fads like this, um, you know, are always cyclical. You know, we do a ton of these things that uh, the lip lift is another one. It's another new fad. And um, the more people do them because they are relatively simple procedures, or so it seems. It's not that m- many people can't do the procedure. That's not what the concern is about being board certified and things like that. It's really... The idea is to be appropriately trained. That if you run into a complication, you can effectively deal with the issue, because some of these things can have drastic and long-lasting compli- uh, consequences. So, you know, for those of you who are out there and and you you keep using these crazy filters on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else it is, um, you know, listen. A lot of what you see is not real. I will tell you right now, we have some of the largest influencers that come through the office and half of them, you would never even recognize from their photos. Yeah, what are not giving names. So, no, I mean, the I, idea uh. is you would never recognize them. And they've done such a, a, an amazing job of adding filters and creating and distorting their face that the unfortunate part is people start thinking that uh, this is how they look. You, I think we have to get back to the one thing that will stand the test of time is looking natural. Anytime you swing the pendulum one way or the other, it, you know, again, where it's overdone, over-exaggerated, over-chiseled, these will pass. They may look great now, but again, that's like... You know, getting that amazing tattoo at eighteen, it's not going to look great at seventy-five. Okay, and so the same thing—you have to be prepared that this will. You know, again, is permanent fat excision from the face. We're not wearing masks forever, God. I hope not. But the idea is, you have to be prepared that in the future you're going to look different, and so um, that's why we need to appropriately select the the patient that is the perfect
0: candidate for this procedure. And also remember, you know, we talked about we pretty much talk about this with every procedure, but you have to maintain. Your weight, lifestyle modifications need to be made. Just like when we do lip suction on someone, if you have puffy cheese because you're a little overweight, now by taking this out, if you continue to gain weight, well, the remainder of that fat pad can get a little bit bigger, and you may those those beautiful results that you had make change over time. So remember that that as we age and 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 our lifestyle continues. The, the way we manage our own habits really make a big difference. So if, for example, if you gain a ton of weight, if you lose a ton of weight, these things do make your face change just like your body. So can a buccal lipectomy stand the test of time? Absolutely, without a doubt. You can look really good for a very, very prolonged amount of time. And I think you will love the results and your cheeks will pop a lot more. The question is, if you go in and... and you know, gain a ton of weight, yes, it's going to change. It's going to, that fullness in your cheeks will stay, will come back because of the fact that there's still some fat there. Remember, we're not taking every little bit of fat out of the face. It's a controlled amount. Mm -hmm. The other thing that, you
1: know, again, I want to touch on is that I had alluded to earlier that usually I do this in conjunction with other procedures. If you're looking to improve your overall balance and look the idea is you want someone to completely evaluate your face that that means i you know i always divide the face into thirds it's usually eyes up uh eyes to mouth and then mouth down to to, you know the clavicle and that's um the idea is we look at it from multiple angles we want to evaluate facial balance and if you truly want to improve something, it's not you come in saying, hey, I want a buccalipectomy. The idea is listen to you know, whoever's evaluating you because a, a well-trained uh, plastic surgeon is going to look at you and say, well, this may not be what you need, but this is. And so sometimes we look at the chin. Sometimes we look at uh, placing an implant or volume in the chin. Sometimes it's solely that you need more volume in the mid face, uh, and it's not that you need uh, to remove fat in the buccal region. Sometimes you have to fill the temporal region, which, you know, sometimes you have a hollowing of the temples. And so just by filling that in, you look more youthful. Usually, as I said, I do a ipectomy in conjunction with either, you know, smaller procedures or skin tightening or something that we can do. You know, create overall
0: aesthetic balance. And, and the other thing is, is, is when you come see someone like Doctor Lakey, he'll he'll really assess your face. And sometimes what happens is, and depending on um, your ethnicity, sometimes it can be a little different. In the sense, for example, an Asian face is very round, and it gives you the the thought that maybe. It's all about the cheeks. And the cheeks are the reason. But really, what's going on is that the, tempora- the the masseter muscles, sorry, are are very big. So if you notice, sometimes the, the what causes grinding on a person, if you put your fingers right by your, the, the sides of your cheek and you bite down, you feel that muscle really kind of contract. Sometimes it's that's that's causing your face to be fuller and doing a buccal libectomy may not be the treatment for it. So, you know, you need to see somebody who does a lot of this type of procedure. So it's not like they do that and then you come back and we're like, oh man, it was the muscles that were too big. So, you know, there's there's a fine line as to how the face works, and and it's just like getting fillers. It's really interesting. Or Botox. You could put Botox in a certain area that'll and, and and freeze one area that'll pull up the other. But if you don't know how all of it works together, it could be a big mess because you're just treating one thing at the same time. So it isn 't important to get you know as we call talk about it, a, a big gestalt it's it's a, it's a it's a bigger picture than just going straight to an area that bothers you like a full cheek so sometimes the rounder face on someone can be caused by a lot of other things mm-hmm. and it's good to kind of have someone take a look at the face in a very methodical manner, like Doctor Lakey's talking about, to really break it down and treat the appropriate area. So you don't do something and come back and say, "Oh man, that didn't work. That's not what I was looking for."
1: Yeah, another common misconception is uh, I have several people that come to the office and they have uh, you know an area next to the mouth that creates a little bit of fullness or a little bit of a crease or even a, a, the start of a marionette line. And um, the idea is they come in and say, oh, let's do a buccal hipectomy because I want to reduce that. That is not the area of the buccal fat pad. Again, you suck in your cheeks. If you want, you can even feel it. You touch the uh, the cheekbone itself and then move your finger down the face and you'll see a depression just below it. That's where you're looking at reducing the size of, uh, of the buckle fullness. Not anything lower to that. So that's where we'll talk about skin tightening and you know radio frequency, something to uh, you know reduce the amount of skin in that area.
0: Obviously, if you're a little older, the only thing that's going to correct that would be a, a facelift. And sometimes, you know, an interesting part is people come in and they have a fuller face, just like Dr. Lakey's talking about. And doing a little bit of like lip suction in the neck to really contour the neck, bring so you can have a little more of a pop at the jawline mm-hmm. because it's it's a combination of all of it. Most people don't come in and say, "Oh my God, my cheeks are just puffy. There, there are, you know a few isolated examples but very few and that's why it's it's so nice when you go you see a board certified either you know facial plastic surgeon or like us plastic surgeons that can treat the whole thing at once and then you come out and you really feel good and you're ready for those selfies or those tiktok videos because really what, what's happened is the craze of this lipectomy has become because of what what dr lakey's talking about these filters make you look so chiseled that you want to look like all of these other people. Remember, you don't want it overdone. And you know, take home message is natural, natural, natural. So nobody can tell. And the beauty of the buccal likepectomy is, or the buccal fat removal is that the incisions are inside the mouth. Hmm. So realistically, if this is done really well and it's the right procedure, it should give you a beautiful, beautiful result without anyone ever knowing. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to plastic surgery. Hide the incisions. Make sure nobody can tell. Don't overdo it. Don't make it look like it's fake. And you'll right off into the sunset looking really good without anyone saying, oh man, did you have something done to your face? Because you don't want that.
1: Yeah. Well, listen. I, I'm hoping that uh, at least we've broken it down for you. Just as a quick recap, for those of you who are thinking about a buccal lipectomy, we definitely want uh, the candidate to be someone with a fuller face. Again, you can get an idea of what it's going to look like by giving that little Zoolander, suck in your cheeks just a little bit, <laughs> um, and it can be very natural. The entire procedure in, in trained hands probably is less than 30 minutes. You can do it under local anesthesia. Usually this is done with you know other smaller adjunctive procedures, and so uh, you just want to make sure that someone is evaluating your face fully as far as the recovery, usually you see the final results closer to six to eight weeks, um, although it's just a little bit of discomfort for the first few days. Can anyone do it? Uh, yeah, I guess you watch a YouTube video, you can do it. Huh. Can you run into complications? Definitely. And you want your surgeon to be
0: prepared for everything. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that hopefully people don't get too sucked into all the crazes out there. And go to see the right people to kind of get assessed, and and most of the time we like to to tell people if they don't need something, just go home because mm-hmm. obviously doing the right thing with the wrong, doing the wrong thing with the with the wrong person can lead to so many other problems, um, and we don't want that. So that's why we're trying to educate all of you.
1: Yeah, remember this is a permanent, long term re- uh, outcome, so you have to think in the future. Um, you know, do you want to look older uh, if you are? you know, if you're a relatively great, good shape or, uh, you know, this is definitely not the procedure for you.
0: Absolutely. Unless
1: it's a a genetic thing. So thank you so much for listening guys. And please let us know if you have any questions, send us emails. We've gotten great feedback and we are uh, about to do another session uh, uh, coming up that will at least uh, answer some questions that you guys have uh, delivered to us. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey.
0: And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. You can listen to us on your iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan, josh windish does our editing and mixing
1: payment and i serve as executive producers along with dana brunetti and keegan rosenberger
0: seeking the truth never gets old